What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This week, we dive into the last three episodes of Hawkeye, and we talk about Spider-Man No Way Home breaking all them records. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And we're back. Welcome back, everyone, to the Raise the Geek podcast. We're here for the only episode 38 there will ever be of the show. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> episode 38, we've almost caught up to our ages now. 38 episodes. That's a nice little handful of shows there. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting there, but I'm okay. Everything's all right. We're recording this episode uh, on New Year's Eve. So happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Big New Year's Eve plans this evening, or what are you going to do? What do you? What's the? What's the plan in Chris Chris's world this evening? Uh, I don't really think there is any plan. Um, I live right behind. There's like a drainage ditch behind my house and we can see like almost all of the city's fireworks. And on New Year's, they all go off at noon or midnight noon. She's at, uh, at midnight. So we usually can like, well, you know, have a fire, hang out, have mm-hmm. a couple of drinks and just sit out on the back patio. If anybody wants to come over, um, watch some fireworks. Not many people have taken us up on it over the years, but usually, like I said, you just have this panoramic view of fireworks. Last week was a little weak, but you know, our last year, or I guess 2021 was a little weak, but yeah, that was, you know, it was a weird holiday season for a lot of us. So I think coming back around, see what 2022 yeah, brings, but that's usually it. It's whatever I'm watching. I think last, I honestly think last year was just laying here watching new girl. Until like waiting till midnight and then midnight happened, watched some fireworks, went back, watched a few more episodes, talked to my parents for a few minutes at midnight. Yeah. Low key. Uh, Nothing exciting. What about you guys? Yeah, man. The luster, the luster of a New Year's Eve celebration kind of wanes when you get to a certain age. I think, Um, you know, when you're in your 20s, you might go out with some friends, go to a bar and have a whatever, go to drink your ass off in some package deal at a bar or something. And then when you're a kid, it's like all about, Oh, staying up and watching the ball drop and watching Dick Clark's whatever. Uh, remember Dick Clark rocking uh, or whatever <laughs> timeless Dick Clark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, now, nowadays it's just like, okay, maybe I'll flip over and see who's talking on some station like Michael Strahan or Andy Cohen or one of those guys doing their thing. But, uh, besides that, yeah, I'll say that it's midnight. Yay, 2022. Hopefully it's not the same as 2021 and 2020 and this nightmare ends at some point. But some point. Uh, I doubt it. So yeah, yeah Andy, it's going to be Cohen, usually they put him with some entertaining people that are very contrasting to him. And yeah. usually there's some memories come out of that one. I can't remember who they put him with this year. They put him, they always, the last couple of years has been him and Anderson Cooper because they're like buddies. Okay. So my my um we flip to that one sometimes because they kind of have a funny thing with each other just like because anderson cooper is supposed to be the straight you know the like straight guy the straight uh straightforward guy and uh <laughs> i don't uh, think either one of them are the straight guy no yeah yeah you're right there but uh <laughs> but uh 
he, it's funny on that he you know on cnn he's like the the newsman the proper newsman yeah. but on that thing he's always doing shots and he he always like makes these faces like he's about to die from doing tequila shots and he starts getting all loose and laughing like a crazy person yeah so yeah i flipped it we flipped to that one sometimes but yeah that's a good I time know. i always enjoy watching They're, i said out of the ones that are there usually they start hitting the musical acts and i'm like i don't know who any of these people are or what's right. happening or like people who come across the TV and I'm like, I've never heard of any of this. This isn't entertainment for me. So it's not geared towards me. So. Yeah. We're old men now. We don't grumpy old man yells at cloud. We're that guy. Yeah. I'll be yelling at the fireworks. At least this year, I don't have to work at six in the morning or whatever. Right. Normally I'd still have to go into work and I'd have to be up at six in the morning or five 30 in the morning to try to go to work and deal with everybody who's hung over. So I'm very grateful that I can just chill tomorrow, sleep in, hang out. So just having a, chill weekend enjoying having today off for the holiday and going from there man getting some time to record this so we could talk about some hawkeye man because we haven't had an opportunity yet we have not and it's been uh finished now for a little over a week but uh we wanted we had an episode um an episode or two back where we did talk about the first half episodes one two and three so yeah i'm looking forward to um, wrapping this thing up with you seeing your thoughts and um Hawkeye, man, it was a, it was a show, fifth, fifth, fifth uh, MCU Disney Plus show. So we're going to talk about it. Been a busy year for the MCU on Disney Plus. Excited to dive into all of that. But first, Don, we want to make sure everybody out there keeps getting all this great content we're providing with hopefully a lot of other crazy announcements and fun stuff that we're going to do here in 2022. So to make sure you are in the loop of what Raised Geek is doing, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcasts on all social media and podcast services. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at raise the geek or shoot us an email at raise the geek at gmail.com. Yep. Those are the places you guys know what to do. Those are the places. Hopefully we'll start branching out into some more things in 2022, but that's a conversation for another day. John. Yes. Spider-Man No Way Homes. Last time you and I sat down, talked about it, became our longest podcast because that was a beast <laughs> of a movie. Lots of it stuff. Was. So definitely if you guys, especially if you've seen it by this point now, make sure you go back and check that episode out. Full review. We do a spoiler free, which at this point, I'm assuming the world has seen it because as I'm about to say, Spider-Man No Way Home has already broken a billion dollars at the worldwide box office. It did it in what, two weeks? Yeah, that's insane, isn't it? That is um, insane. And it did it without China. Right. No yeah, China that, release that yet. Thing. If they're even going to do one. I don't know why this yeah. movie didn't get released in China. I'm out of that. But oh, there a reason yeah, I, I, I don't know the reason. I'm We probably would have to look it up. But there was some reason. But yeah, that's eight billion people right there who aren't added into this number, uh, which is insane. So, yeah, man, that's crazy impressive. I saw that it's uh you know it, it passed infinity war which was two right and then yeah it became number for- two just for that opening weekend it became the highest second highest grossing just domestic box office yeah champion yeah. whatever for a weekend highest grossing weekend ever number two yeah that's crazy man and now uh, hit a billion hit a billion in a couple of weeks worldwide and it's this weekend it's projected to pass 600 million at the domestic box office. So pandemic be damned when it comes to the movies or at least MCU, MCU doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Everyone else is still trying to figure out what to do, but 
what do you think it what do you think is like the true reason behind it do, like do people really love spider-man this much or is it because it's just like fear of missing out kind of a thing uh just because there was so much talk about it and and people thinking they just had to go see it or yeah i think they hyped it up perfectly because it was it was like one of those things that we always wondered before when because we've been talking about the rumors of that movie for a year now i mean since the show i mean we've been talking about the rumors of what may or may not happen in this movie and it always became a question of well does will that trickle into the mainstream like of course we know and we've heard all these things but are everyday people doing it and when i'm realizing i'm watching andrew garfield on the today show being interviewed Mm -hmm. by hoda and hoda's like oh i gotta ask you about spider-man what's going on are you in it what's happening so i mean that was just fever pitch mainstream everybody knew that that was just a big movie and they hyped it up in just a way that, you know, I think really became a perfect storm of marketing and hype and what they did. So I think it just became a thing that you just had to see. It was a cultural moment of the year, really. It was. And and we talk about comic books being like, you know, our little nerdy corner of the, of our, of the world and, and stuff. And it still is in some aspects, but there's just two, in my mind, there's two characters where you just can't go wrong with general public, and that's Spider-Man and Batman. Yep. Like even even Superman is like a huge character in comics, but he's not as main to the mainstream. Like if a Superman movie comes out, it's not breaking these same kind of records. It's not doing that. And you know, um, Captain America or any another huge Marvel character, their movies aren't doing stuff like that. But Spider-Man and Batman are the two characters where you ask any person in America, the world, they just know and love those characters. Um, Those movies will always make money. Yeah. And and especially you add in all the rumors that were going on with that. They were going to bring in the old, the uh, former Spider-Man for this. And it just got people hyped. You know, you ask, you ask an 80 year old woman who Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is, and she probably knows. So it's just like, uh, yeah, it was just like a perfect storm of all those things. And like you said, pandemic be damned. Everybody seems to have found their way to the theater, wearing their masks and everything and uh, putting their fear in their pocket for a little bit to go watch this. And I think it was, it comes at the end of the year. It comes when there's a lot of people, you know, we're coming back to, coming back around with new outbreaks and whatever else is going on in the world. So you get a lot of people that are just like, you know what, before let's go out and celebrate, let's get out, do some stuff. You know, I know this holiday was different than last holiday, but I think there were a lot of people that were just tired of being in. So this was a perfect opportunity to go out. And I think there were a lot of people that wouldn't normally go out that did Mm -hmm. in this situation because they didn't want to be left behind. So I think that helps, but yeah, I don't see another movie doing this for a while. No, me either um i think the next movie we're about to mention is going to get its money um but it's not going to get that kind of this kind oh, of oh no because there was another news that came out with it but let's just jump right to it because they released a batman the batman trailer number three they titled it bat and cat um don i'm gonna let you take this because i did not watch it <laughs> you didn't and so um yeah third third the batman trailer and so should um, i watch it i guess well should i watch this trailer or is it really not necessary at this point i'm gonna go spoiler free for you for this because you haven't seen it and that's pretty easy because i don't think there really was anything to spoil um don't get me wrong there's some new scenes 
but nothing very consequential. I don't yeah. think nothing you, I don't think I know how you view trailers and cause we view them the same way. Something I would consider spoilery. We kind of have the same way of thinking about it. I didn't think there was anything in there like that. No this real story just, beats. No, this is just them ramping up again to get a couple, you know, it's December and the movie comes out in March. So they wanted to get that last little hype in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it did nothing except just excite me a little more seeing a little bit more. Uh, some just some action scenes and a little more Batman, a little more Catwoman. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm hyped for that movie and uh, it's right around the corner. So that's exciting. So and as we we're talking about box office, because it was also announced this week that the Batman will pop up on HBO Max 45 days. So April 19th, the Batman will be available to stream on HBO Max. So where do you think that I mean, that has to bite into this box office, right? I mean, realistically, it's not that hard to wait 45 days. That's true. But I will say Batman, like we just said, is kind of its own animal where I think it's still going to get its its money in the theater. Um, I know I think it will for me. I mean, well, yeah, it also depends on the state of the world and what's going on and like what we look like then. But I just, I want to see it like pretty quickly. I don't know if I can wait 45 days, yeah. like the 40, when it comes on to HBO max, that might be my second viewing depending on how much I enjoy it. Um, but I mean, didn't Shang, Shang Chi have a announcement of when it was going to be able to be watched. On I think they Disney did 45 Plus? days as well. Right. And that still made a ton of money at the box office. So, I mean, if people want to go see this, I think they're, gonna go see it like i don't think it's like i said i don't think it's getting to no way home numbers but um it's definitely gonna make its money so now they it's they also they also said the flash is gonna be 45 days hbo max you think it's gonna hurt that one for me it will i'll I'll probably wait you think you'll be able to wait 45 days you think that i mean i I mean obviously a trailer is gonna for the flash movie well I'll say this. I'm not a huge DCEU super fan. Yeah. I like, I like those movies. I don't think I've gone to see any of them like immediately, immediately like uh, opening weekend or anything. I do like, I do like those movies, some of them, but like they don't just excite me in that way. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there love the flash, but the flash to me is just kind of like, eh, okay. Ezra Miller's flash doesn't, do a ton for me i know there's a lot of hype for the batman stuff that's going to be in that movie so that could change if i see a proper trailer because we only kind of got a teaser so far for that yeah um but yeah i don't know we'll see i know i still can't imagine i like said i can easily imagine waiting 45 days but they did announce this week that michael keaton is going to reprise his role as batman not just in the flash but also in batgirl which is a movie coming this 2022 to hbo max so michael keaton they want him to be the glue of the uh mcu so don how much money are they throwing at michael keaton didn't he say he would never be a superhero again didn't he make a whole movie (laughs) called birdman where he made fun of superhero movies (laughs) Right. But then he was also the vulture in that's homecoming. And then now he's bringing, putting the cape and cowl back on for Batman. Yeah. I'm sure they're paying him. I'm sure they're paying him some big money or he may have not made that decision until after filming all his flash stuff and being like, Hey, this is fun again. I want to 
as long as they'll have me, I'm going to keep trying to do this. Um, mm, it's true. It is a little weird. It's it's a little weird to me, though, because I just assumed that his role in The Flash was just going to be like a one and done, like a bow for all his work he's given us before as Batman, just being like a fan service kind of a thing. But to see that he's coming up again, it's like, I don't know what they're doing with Batman still to this day. Like Ben Affleck's supposed to be in The Flash, too. And then we got Pattinson Batman coming out. And now you got Michael Keaton in a second movie. It's like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't understand. And then you have, you know, the announcements that J.K. Simmons is going to also be Gordon in that Batgirl movie. Um, but he's from the Snyderverse and Keaton's from the original Batman movies. It's like, what is, what is really going on? It's very confusing, yeah. man. I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand it. Maybe. Is Batgirl supposed to come out after Flash, right? I think so. Maybe what happens in Flash like has an effect on this, um, and it'll make it make more sense. But right now, it kind of has me scratching my head. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for it, but like, I don't know what they're doing. I I really don't know what they're doing. What are the odds that he's Thomas Wayne in the Flash, or just like just in, I mean, like that he's not the same character. It's possible. And that thought has crossed a lot of people's minds uh, that that could be a thing. I know there was rumors out there for a while that they were going to do a Thomas Wayne, Batman, Flashpoint kind of a thing. But they were going to get a I can't think of the actor's name who plays uh, Negan on The Walking Dead. Yeah, because he um, played Thomas Wayne in the opening of Batman versus Superman. Right, right, right. And they were going to bring him back for something like that. That would have been sweet. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Um yeah, dude, I have no idea. I don't know. It's very confusing. It's a head scratcher. Multiverse. They're screwing up their multiverse, like you said. Yeah, it's just a it's just a weird like you watch Marvel and how they're doing this multiverse and how they're introducing things and slowly but surely where we're going with, you know, this multiverse idea. And it seems like it's obviously going to take off really heavy next year with uh, Doctor Strange 2 and everything. But then, yeah, then you see DC that really they have a multiverse, but it's almost just because they have so many different versions of their characters. It's just like trying to keep it straight as to who's in where. And then, like I said, it seems like they're just going to have this one movie where they're just going to try to cram how much multiverse stuff into this thing to try to get all these characters around. And then, like I said, now when you make announcements of Michael Keaton from one potential universe is going to be in Batgirl, which is a different universe. And then is that still part of the Snyder universe, which Warner Brothers said was dead. So, you know, it's kind of a it's all over the place. Yeah, it just makes me want to take a nap. It makes me yeah. tired just thinking yeah. about I almost it. Got to, I almost fell asleep halfway through that. <laughs> but Batgirl's a movie, right? Not a show? Yeah, Batgirl's a movie that's supposed to just be like an HBO Max original. I don't think it's even a theatrical um, release. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be. The HBO while, Max originals aren't really, uh, you know, yeah, popping. I know. I know. I think they're trying to, I think Warner Brothers DC is going to try to utilize HBO Max a little more especially with Peacemaker coming. Um, they're going to try to, you know, use that in the same way Marvel uses Disney Plus, I believe. So that might just be their first, you know, punch into the air right there. Like, hey, HBO Max, this is our tool for our universe. So Batgirl is maybe an experiment. I don't know, um, but I'm sure I'll see it. 
Oh yeah, I can't imagine not watching it unless it just looks like hot garbage. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out when we get more into 2022. But Don, it's still 2021 for a few more hours. A couple so, more. So you know more. what? Let's talk about Hawkeye. Let's finish this year strong. Finish it the way we started. We started with WandaVision and the MCU. So let's end it with Hawkeye and the MCU. We're going to wrap up the year 2021 on Disney Plus as well as wrap up Hawkeye. But before we do, we want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Anchor.fm. It is now time for us to wrap up the year talking as we started it with MCU on Disney plus, And we had the final three episodes of Hawkeye that graced our television screens over the past few weeks. We're now a couple weeks removed. So hopefully everybody has seen it by now and you w- won't be spoiled because we're going to have some spoilers. So definitely mm-hmm. give us a pause if you don't want anything spoiled, but we are going to dive in. There was some big stuff that did happen on the show, some stuff that they were teased, some stuff that we thought may or may not happen. So we're going to talk about it. So this is your last chance. And let's face it, everyone listening, you've seen it already. We know you're already know. on the book of Boba Fett, all you Disney Plus subscribers. So uh, yeah, here we go. Here's yeah, our Hawkeye takes. We're, we're backing you up, making you think of Hawkeye. I know everyone is <laughs> book of Boba Fett right now. Or go back to Hawkeye. Just think about, you know, a simpler time back in the a past. Simpler, yeah. Easier time for our favorite archer. <laughs> Unless you Hawkeye. like Green Arrow, I don't know. Hawkeye, episode four. So this was the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. We ended it with, and I can't remember his name, the swordsman pointing a sword at Hawkeye in the apartment because uh, Kate and Clint broke into her mom's apartment and found out that the uh, hooded mafia, jump coat mafia, tracksuit mafia. Oh boy, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. <laughs> The tracksuit uh, mafia was yeah. basically on the payroll and uh, of the security company. And then the swordsman showed up. Mm, and then <laughs> we picked up here partners. Am I right? Episode four of Hawkeye. Yeah, man. It picked up right where episode three left off with Jack Dusens with the sword. That's his name. Um, I'll never remember that, but yes. And not to talk about episode three very much, but my question at the beginning of this is how did Kate and Clint not know that Jack and Kate's mom were just in the apartment? They were trying to be all sneaky. Like they were just right around the corner. Like the mom was just came around like they they weren't. I thought, I don't know. I'm going to give you a quick sidebar that I always find funny and it hasn't been changed a lot anymore. Well, and it's, it works. Okay. Sidebar. When okay. TV shows used to be made, for those who don't know, the youngins out there, TV shows back in to, my day, back in my day, um, used to get shows once a week, which we did get in Hawkeye. So I think that's kind of the general idea in this. But used to get TV shows, you know, once every week. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you would watch the next week, you kind of didn't really remember all the details of the week before. So then when you go back now that the world is on this binging craze, when you go back and watch some of those shows and you watch them binge, you're like, wait, none of this makes sense. They left us here in this episode. Now we're over here. And what about this? And what about that? And it's all stuff that you're supposed to forget through the week. And yeah. I think that was what this was, where it was like, well, you know, it ended. You're ready for the next one. The next one now, this, that was last episode. Don't worry about right. last episode. Right. And when because, you watch them back yeah. to back to back, then you're like, wait, yeah. what's going on? 
Yeah, because at the beginning of this episode, you know, it does start with Jack with the, just the sword to Clint's neck. And we're supposed to be like, all right, we're in it. It's already tense. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't want you to remember that in episode yeah. three, they were being sneaky and breaking into uh, the computer and hacking shit. Like you're not hacking a computer if you don't know the girl's parents aren't just in the next room. Uh, so that's funny. And they immediately jump to comedy. Yeah. <laughs> They immediately yeah, sure. jumped to them sitting at the dinner table, like being scolded by the parents. Yeah. And that was a fun scene just though, because, you know, Clint kind of playing off of everything Kate was saying, like, she's not my partner. I barely tell her anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was funny to me. Yeah. Being, yeah. Pl playing this, this, the straight man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The comedy um, team there gotta get your comedy in with the mcu you definitely know you gotta and, do and that and this one went heavy with the comedy which i think you know worked really well uh jeremy renner kind of plays that character to a t so then we had what else happened in that episode well they kind of moved on from that scene to um clint seeing that jack had this or noticing jack had the sword clearly because that's what he was holding to his neck and he kind of stole it back yeah uh, got his ronin sword back yeah, Eleanor is trying to convince Clint, you know, to basically that Kate is not a superhero, like don't treat her as one. And he's like, well, all I can promise you is that I'll protect her or that she'll be safe. And I don't know, we, we talked in our last episode that we were getting vibes from Eleanor this whole time that she was bad and evil. And that this just kept adding to that, you know, something sneaky with her. We still don't fully know what's going on with Jack. Um but I don't know, the 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 Clint and the Kate chemistry just kept building in this episode. That's what this episode really, really mostly was. did at the beginning, you know? Yeah, and that's really the main, that was, like you said, the real main point of this episode was them working as a team. Kate still kind of falling off of being a kid, you know, and being like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I think is best. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to do these things and make you want to pull out your hair. Cause she's right. just not listening or doing things. She's just being a kid and kind of just overzealous with the things that she wants to do. And that was kind of the whole thing. A lot of stuff with the, the, the LARPers getting the trick arrows back out of police compound and then becoming yeah. a little bit more of the, you know, uh, part of it, part of it being part of their team. The, the man at the desk, is that what they called it in Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> that is another thing that that's kind of pulled from the fraction comics is he used like the everyday people in that lived in his apartment complex he owned were like kind of joining in on his adventures. So this show That's super cool took that and ran with it. Um, I think the character grills who's in the show um, is like straight from the comics is a character who was, so that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, I like that they incorporated that. Uh, this show, all, this episode also started like turning up the volume on the Christmasiness of it. Yeah. Um, because you know, the whole the whole thing where where Kate comes over to the apartment uh, because she realizes that Clint is alone and like she has Christmas sweater and she's like, oh, we're going to watch Christmas movies. And they're drinking daiquiris and talking plans and just like doing the buddy Christmas stuff and decorating a tree. Uh, I thought that was really cool, I, you know, especially watching this a few weeks ago when we did like we're leading into Christmas in our lives. So it's fun to just watch an MCU like Christmassy fun seasonal kind of a thing. 
Yeah, it was just funny because they went straight once again, straight from that, like they're having this lecture and the serious talk with Eleanor and they're like, hey, we got to go find all these people and we have all these things that we're doing and all these leads and all these bad guys and all this setup, but we're going to stop and drink and we're going to celebrate Christmas and decorate for Christmas and do all this stuff. We're like, why did Kate even get let out of her house? <laughs> right. Like we she thought she was like, on, all right, I'm out She was on lockdown. Yeah. We thought she was. And another thing I was wondering, isn't this apartment that they're in, isn't that Kate's aunt's apartment? like that they're hiding out in that's not clint's apartment clint doesn't live in new york no so that was yeah that was kate's aunt's apartment if i remember yeah so when she wanted some daiquiris she was like hey where do you got any more of those daiquiris i was thinking like this is your house what are you asking him he has any more daiquiris (laughs) for oh man yeah Yeah. he was raiding the aunt and yeah that's funny yeah you were supposed to forget you were supposed to forget that. Um, but this one did have a really cool action scene with the uh, where they went looking for the watch because we had this whole thing with the watch and uh, with Laura, basically, and Clint having this conversation that you don't really know what's about, but talking about this watch also being at the auction and they had a tracker on it. So they tracked it down to this apartment and you just kind of had this really cool action sequence that took us through the rest of the episode when uh, Kate broke into the apartment and they were kind of once again, trying to be partners, but not partners. And then all the big action that took place in when echo shows up and they realize who, that it's echo's apartment and she's mm-hmm. the one with the watch and all of that. And then a masked figure showed up and started fighting Clint. So it was just kind of a cool thing where they both thought they were fighting echo and then realized they weren't. So Clint's like who yeah. am I fighting. And of course everybody already knew because this world, we just can't have anything special. There's no, there's no secrets. No secrets there's anymore. Scarcity. So it, that would have been so cool. Yeah, that would have been so, so cool if you just didn't know. If you had no idea. That's true. Um, would have been super cool. But anyway. Yeah, we'll get to that. What do you in, think of the action? In, in, yeah, the action was really cool. I thought the, the rooftop scene was fun. It kind of ramped up the action a little bit. Yeah. Like I said that about episode three, but this one took it up another notch too, kind of like, you know, to Marvel movie level action scenes. Yeah, it was which, it was fun with the two, the multi-layered fight, the zip lines, the gadgets. Yeah. It was a lot of cool stuff. It definitely was. And, um, you know, then we we finally do towards the end get our reveal, which we all knew was coming, like you said, uh, her mask comes off and there's uh yelena belova right yep from from black widow movies uh black widow the movie and someone we've been waiting for the first three episodes to see when she was finally going to make her appearance she does here at the end of episode four that was a very cool moment i really liked it um i liked that well this is this is going back to a part we didn't talk about earlier but during the um scene with Kate and Clint when they're still having their Christmassy moment. Mm-hmm. The mood got kind of darkened there at the end when you know Kate's asking him just random questions and she was like, What's the best shot you ever took? And Clint says, Well, he it's the shot I didn't take. And she's like, Whoa, what does that mean? And he kind of got like blue about it and regretted that he said anything. And she was pushing him and he he didn't want to talk about it. But um being as they got this connection now, he finally did open up and say, you know, well, the shot I didn't take is, um, you know, when uh, it's bringing up Budapest again, which we were familiar with for MCU. Uh, it's when Clint was sent to as an assassin to take out Natasha Romanoff mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. And we, we finally hear him say why he didn't do it. 
um, saying, you know, like, I just, I couldn't do it. I had a feeling that my target wanted to get out of what she was doing and he just couldn't, couldn't do it. So um, this is more Kate. I mean, not Kate, this is more Clint's shedding some more light on like his remorse and regret of losing Natasha in the way he did. Um, and just like helps take that story along. So I like that a lot. That all just kind of brings me to say in this final see, um, fight, when Yelena finally takes her mask off, Kate is like aiming her arrow at her to shoot her and she doesn't. So now we got to wonder, Ooh, is that going to be Kate's version of the shot? I didn't take the best shot. I, took was the one i didn't take you know what i mean is that like her version depending on how their relationship may eventually grow who knows but uh i I liked that parallel there i thought that was pretty cool yeah i didn't think about that that's that's a good one to kind of tie it all together yeah man (laughs) clever don i don't know stuff yeah were you you as happy as me though just to finally have yelena back Um, yes We've talked before about that she was the highlight of the Black Widow movie. You know, that um, Florence Pugh's a great actress, but yeah. the character the character of Yelena is really fun. She's funny, but she's also tough and um, I think a great addition to the MCU. So I'm glad we got her back also this quickly. Sometimes it takes a long time for you to see a character again after their first appearance. Um, so I was super hyped for that. Yeah, it was it was great that she finally showed. I'm glad that, you know, it was kind of just like, man, when is she going to show up? What What is her role in this? How is that going to come in? So it seemed like they were really piling on a lot of the loose ends they were going to need to tie up by the end of this thing. And we were now down to two episodes left. So it kind of became a lot, but we ended episode four with basically Barton realizing, Hey, I got a black widow after me. We got this. I can't keep putting Kate in danger. So he ends their partnership and says, I'm not your, I'm not your partner. We're not this. You got to stop. And this is getting too real now that a black widow is here. I can't protect you. Yeah. Basically he fired her saying like, you're not, you're not part of this anymore. Like this is getting too serious. Uh, So yeah, that, that ended episode four and we don't know what's going to happen. That kind of a, kind of a bummer it, it happens in, in stuff like this like Especially in the middle. some kind of yeah some kind of conflict we knew they were going to get back together but at the moment we're at you know she was fired you fired <laughs> and then we jumped into ronin episode five and this one actually mm-hmm. started in 2018 and it basically had uh yelena as a big uh Dude, kind of an action sequence kind of coming off of Black Widow where she was freeing the Black Widows and doing all of those things. So they put her in another uh, widow broke into someone else's house and they had a big action sequence and then they gassed her, which apparently she didn't need to be gassed because she was already free, but not. I didn't I don't remember all the details of that. But the big thing that came out of that was basically the blip happened. And it's mm-hmm. the first time that now we've actually seen what happened because Yelena was blipped and then returned five years later in a blink of an eye in the same location that she was blipped at. So that adds all kinds of questions into this MCU and how this blip thing worked and what happened during Endgame. But regardless of that, we'll put that on the side for a second. But uh, this was super, this was a super cool opening and it was super cool to see that, like, like said, that return of the, uh, seeing someone return from the blip was really cool. It definitely was. It was our first real blip explanation, like seeing it firsthand of what a blipped person would go through for the blip. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where they're going. And uh, like you said, it does raise some questions, but it, it, it was definitely cool to see. I'm glad that they started the episode like that. Just started up straight up with Yelena again, since we just yeah. got her at the end of episode four. So we're getting, um, you know, doing more with her. Uh, but yeah, man, that blip thing just raises questions, you know, um, a bit. are we now to believe that that, so that's what every blip person experienced. We are supposed to believe, I guess. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine why anybody's experience would be different. Okay. Yeah. This is just for us being the overthinkers we are. So we overthink things and that's fine. It's fun. I don't care what anyone says, but uh, when we saw some other people get blipped, mostly most of the blips we've seen happened at the end of infinity war. Yes. So people are getting blipped. Spider-Man's getting blipped and he knows he's getting blipped and he's like fading away and he like turns his head and he's dying or something. And that was a very hard moment in that, Uh, like Tony Stark holding his blipped body away. Mm -hmm. So then I guess Peter Parker just one second later was just back on that planet or where, where they were fighting Thanos and he was just back and they were just all back. And I don't know. It just seems, how did he get back to earth? How did he get back to earth? Uh, I don't, and no one else. The thing that makes sense is Dr. Strange would have been there too. Yeah. So he could have opened a portal, but then why did they take a spaceship to get out there? Exactly. And all their moods, all their moods in that movie later on or in Endgame when they're all back, it just, you had the sense that they all knew they'd been gone. You know, mm-hmm. you had the sense that they kind of knew what was happening and they knew something crazy was happening. But this would suggest none of them would know anything crazy was happening to them. They weren't even gone. They were just back. They're just so confused. I, they're just confused. I, it's kind of messy. What about the people who were on a plane? <laughs> right. Like they, they showed planes crashing out of the sky because people blipped. Yeah. So like, what if you were blipped, but you were flying a plane and the plane crashed? Where do you come back? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's like I said, that's leading way too heavy into the question marks, but it's just a funny thing to, to think about. But yeah, the way that they explain that, I mean, and that would have been a question anyway, regardless of how the blip worked. Like if you died or caused people to die, those yeah. people don't get blipped back. But then, especially if you come back to the same place. Like not even a second later. It's not like, even a second later. So then, but you can't save the plane because the plane's already gone because it's five years. Yeah, the plane didn't go back in time and you didn't like go back in time. You yeah. wanted everyone to come forward in time. So that means like they would have came back a minute, a second later, but the plane would have yeah half the world half the world disappeared how many people were in cars how many people were you know stuff that wouldn't be in that location right five years later like it worked for elena because she was just in someone else's bathroom yeah but like anybody who's anywhere else 
like I said, that's traveling or doing something unless they just showed up on the street right there and there's no car. Yeah, imagine, imagine you got blipped away someplace where there was nothing. And then five years later, when you come back in the same exact spot, there's like a stop sign there. It's just through your body. Like, Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, You're laying in a bed uh, and there's someone else in that bed all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 Stop sign. Yeah. Well, yeah. What if they put a building <laughs> over where you were standing a whole parking like, lot? Yeah. Yeah. You're just <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I ever sit, if we ever have the opportunity to sit down with Kevin Feige, we'll ask him and he'll probably punch us in our face for being so nerdy about it. Like guys, it's just a freaking movie. Just, just use your imagination for a second. But uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a, no, it was super cool. I was super excited that that we saw that. I thought it was a super cool moment. I thought it was uh, just something super fun to watch and to see for the first time. Um, yes, it obviously raises questions, but you know what doesn't? There's not a thing. We're so deep into this thing now. Anything that they do, you can cross-check it with something that happened 10 years ago and sure. be like, oh, but in Iron Man, they said this. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah, there's there's bound to be mistakes. They're doing their best here yes. to keep all these to keep all these ten years worth of movies making sense with each other. But uh, leave so, it to people like us to pick it apart. Yeah, you know that's the fun. That's the fun of being a fan. But then we jump to present day because now we had, like you said, uh, Elena was going to look for Natasha, which we know how that played out. And then uh, in the present, we jumped back and Kate was talking to her mom, basically saying she figured out that Jack is basically the CEO of the shell corporation that funds the tracksuit mafia and that he's a bad guy. And that's where they were pointing our finger and saying, this dude is bad. And uh, she was trying. And then Eleanor called the NYPD and had him arrested. Was that in episode five? Yeah, that was in episode five. Okay. Yeah. She did have him arrested. Uh, He, he, he went away pretty jovial. This guy yeah, is, he was uh, like, it's a mistake. Guy, he's a, he's a happy go lucky guy. This Jack two sons. Um, but yeah. And, and I don't know, we're all familiar with the thing when the show tells you who's the bad guy. Um, sometimes you got to look a lot harder. So yeah. we're kind of going down that road with this. That one was yeah, too Jack, easy. yeah. Jack gets arrested and then uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. Uh, Kate then is going back to return to her apartment. Right. Yep. Kate that, goes back. Kind of yep. She goes back to the fire burned apartment and mm-hmm. Elena is there making some mac and cheese. Elena is there making some mac and cheese with a totally different hairstyle than what she had in the episode. I don't know when she stopped to get her hair done. She's um, in New York, you know, she's seeing stuff yeah, maybe. around, you know, you got to stop at a hairstylist, get your hair did. She loves New York. Uh, to me, this was, this was totally, I mean, this episode was good all around, I think, but this was like Elena's moment yes um she was super this scene just in general i mean they cut away to do do some clint stuff here a little bit too but like the scene here with kate and yelena i thought was great television uh i I really liked it a lot um definitely a highlight of the show in general like yelena is just she played that part perfectly like she was delightful and menacing at the same time yeah which is like hard to do we talked about you know the opening to inglorious bastards before this is like a light version of that basically like smiling at somebody's face but also letting them know at the same time like i can do stuff to you and hurt you at any time yeah like i know things about you that you don't know i know i and i'm just trying to get you to say things and that's kind of the the vibe i got going here 
Um, she, you know, she's cracking jokes and and stuff, but at the same time, you we could tell Kate's fear of her, knowing that you know she could kill her at any time if she really yeah. wanted to. And she so basically was, says it too. Yeah. Uh, she's like, well, I don't have any weapons on. Wait, I don't have any weapons in my hands. Oh, that's a lie too. Like, cause she's just a weapon. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. All, all the meanwhile, just cracking jokes about Mac and cheese and New York. And it was, it was really fun. Yeah. Kept saying her full name, Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop. She's like, you just saying that. So you keep reminding me that you know my name. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. She's Menacing, dangerous. But funny at the same time. So yeah, it was a, it was a perfect balance. It was really one of the, best scenes of this series it was the yeah. one one of the ones that stand out the most it's one of those moments where you're having these it's the first pairing of kate bishop and yelena that i'm really assuming won't be the last i think they did that mm -hmm. on purpose i think there's a lot coming in the future with these two characters so i think that it was a good introduction to both of them and seeing their um what's the word when people work well together chemistry chemistry <laughs> See their chemistry, chemistry. Yeah, yeah they definitely they definitely had some chemistry started there which um would be cool to see played out more in the future i also did like in the scene when she said something about like stuff she's doing in new york she wants to see this she wants to see that she said uh i want to go see the new and improved statue of liberty and we we're like oh what's that mean and like you find out a week later when you're watching spider-man that they added the shield to the statue of liberty so that was cool kind of like tying it to that movie a little bit did you catch that oh that was Spider-Man. I was about to say, I was about to say, yeah, and they did it at the end of the next episode. I'm like, no, they didn't go to the Statue of Liberty. That was Spider-Man. So, yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man with the uh, Captain America. Shield. Yeah. I, I mean, I noticed that that's what they did. Yeah. I didn't, I forgot that where they talked about that was in Hawkeye. Yeah, it was fun. It's all too fun close together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? I think realistically, because it was Spider-Man, we saw Spider-Man before we saw the last. No, yeah, never mind. You're right. This episode was before Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing on, the dates yeah. as I look over on my other screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I caught up. I'm caught up. I'm there. Right. I know. What so that was like a little little Spider-Man teaser there in Hawkeye, which was fun. It was. It was. That was that was cool. Uh, this episode just had Clint. Clint was kind of back with Echo, and he was gonna kind of put an end to all this he knew shit was getting too real too hot black widows were involved he kept talking about how he really needed to avoid getting the big guy involved or her boss and really wanted to kind of squash this thing and needed echo to let it go so he basically donned the ronin suit set up his whole arc this episode was basically setting up a meeting with echo as the ronin to basically try to squash this beef so that was kind of where his arc came for the rest of this episode yeah and we had a little maya versus ronin fight in there mm -hmm. I, I wasn't convinced that it was clint in the ronin suit until he took off the mask i thought yeah. maybe they might throw another wrench at us like oh it's somebody else i don't know but uh yeah, yeah it did turn out to be clint in there um <clears throat> my thing is you know he got the better of her and then he's kind of trying to explain himself and he's saying his whole thing that he wants to turn Maya with is saying, well, um, your boss is, a, is who informed the Ronin about what was going on. You're like, your boss wanted your father dead, but that still doesn't exonerate him from actually killing him. Like he still killed him. Wouldn't, wouldn't Maya still be like, okay, but you still stabbed my father to death. 
Well, that, yes. She should still be mad that he actually did it. But yeah, I think, but he just went because Kazi was the one, like, he just got leaked information, not that he was, he wasn't actually hired to do the hit because he was not that type of an assassin. He just knew that there was going to be a moment where everybody was going to be there and he could take some slum lords out. Right, which is what he did, okay. yeah. but just also like killed her dad still. But yeah, she should still be mad about that. Like, oh, I don't right. care if someone else wanted him dead. You're the one who killed him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see your point there that she still has a beef with him. That really shouldn't have been enough for her to just like let it go. Yeah, she just easily let it go, um, which was a little another head scratcher to me. But it did it did kind of serve its purpose. It's pushing the narrative along a little bit. We had to get Maya um, suspecting some bad things about the tracksuit mafia and Kazi and her boss who they keep referring to. So that's, this is kind of her push that way to make her question some things about what's going on in her own world, you know, was her dad set up and everything. So that's kind of um, the arc we're leading to with Maya here. And it was a great, it was a great uh, action sequence. I loved the Ronin action sequence, kind of almost like Batman horror movie. I love when they do that, like good guy horror movie setup where he's just grabbing people and grabbing people from the shadows and like yep. pulling them. Yeah. Kind of like the Batman Begins, the first time that first scene with Christian Bale as Batman, and he's just in that warehouse or shipping yard, and he's just grabbing those dudes like a horror movie and freaking them out. And I just love that scene. And this was very similar to that, which I love when that scene gets ripped off because it was a great scene. So yeah, seeing him sneak up on everybody and just being in places where he realistically couldn't be that fast or that quietly, but he did it. And it was just a fun, fun, once again, another fun action sequence on this show. Yeah, all they needed was one of the tracksuit mafia in their Russian accent to be like, where are you? And he'd be like, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right behind uh, you. There's uh, a lower voice. That would, would have been a good time. And then we did end this episode after, you know, everybody, because Kate showed up, helped uh, Ronan or Clint get, get away, and they got away. And then the next day, uh, Yelena texts Kate Bishop, revealing that she was hired by Eleanor to kill Barton, and that Eleanor is working with Lopez's uncle. And this was when we got the Kingpin reveal. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So we, and that was what she held up the phone. She was like, cause she got a picture from Elena of Eleanor with Kingpin. And she holds up the phone to Clint and says, who is she with? And he goes, that's the guy we've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to avoid getting involved. That's Kingpin. And episode ended and you said, woo, oh shit. You did say woo, but it was a little tempered woo for me. <laughs> I liked seeing Kingpin, but did we have to see him on just a fuzzy, fuzzy picture phone? Um, I thought they might have a better way to show him for the first time in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, those familiar know Kingpin is a highly touted character brought in from the Netflix series Daredevil. And uh, fans have been asking for these Netflix characters uh, so we finally do get Kingpin, but the first time we see him is just in a little fuzzy picture. I wish they could have maybe like just in a more he who remains Loki style reveal, mm-hmm. you know, a little more fanfare to it. Um, but that's just a small complaint. I was very happy to see Kingpin and you can tell it's Vincent D'Onofrio uh, right away. So, yep. man, we all 
we've been buzzing about it. We finally did get confirmation though. So that was very, very cool. Very, very cool. So it was super exciting to see. I think I understand what you're saying with the pitcher and doing all those things. I think it helps that that's how they did it because he was extremely involved in that last episode, which I didn't know if he was going to be. And the fact that they opened that next episode with Kingpin and Eleanor having that conversation and doing all of that, I was kind of like, okay, well, at least we're just jumping right into it as opposed to he's still in the shadows. I think if that's all they gave us, I think I was really nervous. He was just going to show up at the end, like sitting behind a desk going, I will get, you know, I'll get my revenge, you know, or something. I didn't know he was going to be like so involved in this final episode. So I think it would have been extremely disappointing. Now, yeah, they could have held up the phone and been like, who is that? And then Clint just saying that line. And then they could have cut to that scene and have them doing that video and you would have showed him walk in the room and do stuff. And they could have, I mean, there's things they could have done, but because of the way that they did the next episode, I can let it go. I can forgive it, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Since we are getting about to get into episode five right here, I think that's totally something that should have been. I think the opening scene of episode five should have been the last scene of episode four. That's how I would have. Yeah. I thought that's what I meant. Five and six. Um, Yeah. Just like the scene, they start episode five, since we're talking about it now, uh, with you just see the cane on the ground and him like walking all heavy towards the door. And then he comes through the curtain and he's just like, oh, Miss Bishop. And she's like, Mr. Fisk, like end episode five like that. That would have been great. Cool. But that's not how they did, but they started episode six. So this is Christmas, the finale. And that's how they started it with the meeting between Kingpin, Wilson Fisk. I was about to say Carlton Fisk. I'm like, that's a baseball player. (laughs) That's a baseball player. Wilson Fisk and uh, and Eleanor having their meeting and kind of realizing that Eleanor is up to no good because her husband who died in the first episode and when Kate was a little kid got in over his head and owed Kingpin some money. So she's been working off his debts doing shady shit. Definitely. And, and this is, um, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio back in all his glory using the same voice looks the same as we all remember. Um, I wanted to take a little time at the beginning here to talk about just some differences we're seeing in his character from the Netflix series. Um, <clears throat> he, he's kind of, I don't know if you picked this up a little bit, but he's definitely like, seems like been knocked down a few pegs from the way they were portraying him in Netflix. And Netflix, he's in these huge high rise buildings. He's like super rich. He's the head of everything here in the MCU. I mean, wasn't he the mayor? Uh, Didn't he's he, been wasn't the mayor, he the mayor in, in like, season two or well no he went to jail yeah i'd have to go back and look i know he's been i know he's the mayor right now in the comics and that's a comic thing so i wouldn't be surprised if they go that route someday in the mcu uh depending how much more we're going to use him we'll get to that but um (laughs) yeah we will like i was saying he's in high-rise buildings and netflix he's super rich very influencing like an affluent member of society and he's being presented in this like very low rent he's walking through like beaded curtains in a little shady like back room of a car dealership a used car dealership called like fat man motors like i don't know um 
it's kind of a different version of Kingpin. Now I know Vincent D'Onofrio has come out and said, I don't know if you saw this, that the Kingpin from Netflix and the Kingpin in the MCU are the same character. Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of makes you wonder like what has happened then they're going to have to fill in the blanks, I guess is what I'm kind of saying to, to, for us to know how he got from that style of criminal to like this more low rent style of criminal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Makes sense. I didn't think that, but yeah, that makes sense as to what happened in the middle. Yeah. They, they said those Netflix shows were MCU when they announced them and when that happened. So that was always a thing. I just didn't know if you ever, you just never knew if they were actually going to bring them together. Like the Wilson Fisk from Netflix never would have had a cover of a used car dealership. You know what I'm saying? Like called Fat Man Motors. That's not his thing. The only thing I can think of, which they might get into is maybe the blip is what like Mm. took his empire down. And like he's just rebuilding it now to try to get it back. Yeah, he's been gone for five years. Yeah, if if. Exactly. Things could have gone wrong in that five years where he's now just like having to build himself back up from scratch. But either way, um, it's just it was really fun to see him again. I'm I'm totally glad they pulled him in again. Yeah, it was absolutely. I think he's obviously he obviously has to be a toned down version of that character in multiple ways because he was extremely violent in the Netflix show. He was extremely brutal. I mean, there were a lot of levels and stuff that he did on that, those Netflix Daredevil shows that he will not be doing in the MCU. No. Um, so uh, some like killing somebody by slamming be- their head in a car door or something. Yeah. yeah. And didn't he squish <laughs> someone's head with his hands? Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're definitely toning it down. The, those Netflix shows, man, was, was a little brutal. Daredevil, especially and Punisher, like they and that's just not the tone we have in the MCU, um, at least not until, you know, we get a deadpool movie or something but yeah it's it's gonna be a different version but i am glad he's in it period you know absolutely absolutely i was super pumped to see him i didn't want to see anyone else do kingpin once again as i've said multiple 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 times i love the street superheroes and kingpin is just you know the foe for so many of them so it's just having him coming in and Vincent D'Onofrio has just did such an amazing job in Daredevil. So to see him get another chance within on a larger scale with the MCU to do the same thing is just awesome. And then we already saw Charlie Cox now. So knowing that a lot of this stuff can continue one way or another um, or will continue, it's just a matter of when is awesome. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Kingpin can be used in a lot of ways. He's a villain for Daredevil. He's a villain for Hawkeye in the comics. He's matched up with Spider-Man a lot so they can, put him in almost anything unless uh, yeah, yeah, yeah this, we'll, sh- this we'll get, show we'll <laughs> goes a different way so but because of this meeting with eleanor and kingpin that was where uh clinton kate realized that eleanor was the one who killed armand and framed jack so jack was cocky because he knew he didn't <clears throat> do anything wrong because he was framed yeah framed and a little bit gullible and maybe yeah. just a little stupid but uh maybe. yeah this is bringing Kate and Clint even closer together because they did have a nice moment that I really liked here where like Kate kind of gave her explanation to Clint on why, you know, he is her hero. Yeah. And she kind of got into, you know, I saw you on the Battle of New York, like you're the one I saw and you're just like, you're just a man out there doing the best you can with like a, a stick and a string and some arrows, you know, saving the world. And um, 
I think there was a part in here where Clint finally called Kate his partner and it was like, oh, that's so nice. They're finally, you know, together. Um, well, yeah. And she had that great line where she said, you know, you jumped off the building knowing you can't fly. Yeah, that was a great, you know, line. you're with all these other people who are flying around because they can fly and you just jumped off that building just because, yeah. you know, you had to do it. And it was what the situation called for. And that was a great moment for the two of them. Yeah. That's why she admires a man. It's great. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So it was a definitely a good, good thing that we did there. And then the whole, really the whole rest of this episode kind of took place at the Christmas party. Yeah. Kind of what we've been leading up to. We had some uh, foreshadowing for the Christmas party in an earlier episode where they were talking about it. And yeah, it all kind of takes place here and we get everybody, everybody making their appearances here in their nice formal wear uh, Jack's, released from prison and has his funny little joke to little uh armand the third <laughs> little armand the well, third who's like you were just in jail yeah he's like remember when you peed your pants in the hamptons i do everybody does that was so funny <laughs> <laughs> that was the best line of the show yeah that was funny was done um, so subtly and stuff but we did get before the christmas party we did get that badass uh make an arrow montage where Clint ah, actually yes. taught Kate how to make the arrows and what they were for. And she was labeling them. And like I said, we're team, we're teammates and stuff. So that was, that was super cool. Yeah. You do. You need a good like artillery montage building up your, your, um, everything weapons. should have a artillery on top montage. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. We see some pim arrows again and you, he opened up a case that some of them said stark so that was cool to see um like a nice little tie-in one thing i will say about it though was in an earlier episode didn't kate say we need more trick arrows and clint was like we can't just get more trick arrows she's like you can't make more and he was like no but now they're just making more <laughs> like uh i don't know but yeah that yeah. was that was a fun little montage it should have just had like an 80s song playing over the background or something like most montages should but it didn't have a christmas song it might have i'm probably sure it did. did so this is this is just going to be a thing that made me laugh and i need to know what you thought about it but we had kazi basically was sent by kingpin to assassinate eleanor and he decided to choose this Christmas party with all of these people around. And mm. his choice was, I'm going to snipe her from across the building in an extremely public execution. Didn't it seem like there'd be easier ways to kill her? Like that seemed yeah. very messy and very just like his lineups, his shots. I mean, nothing was ideal for that situation. I mean, he could have had a better location. He could have shot her on the street. He wanted to shoot her in the middle of this Christmas party yeah looking through the windows and just hope like it just seemed like such a messy way to yeah there were so many there were so many obstacles in his way like every time somebody walked behind a beam he was like ah like yeah, yeah you're trying to shoot her from 100 yards away you know he could have just got into the party or whatever because clearly it's easy to get into this party yelena just got in somehow yeah. with her like superpower braid that she has now her third hairstyle in uh in as many episodes when she says when does she have time to get all these hairs and that braid took some time to get done you know that's not yeah, just a, like i braid? just whip it up after a shower that's like i wish she went somewhere <laughs> and had someone do that yeah like, it's like an eight hour mohawk yeah. yeah that's like an eight hour braid mohawk that she sat in a chair for someone to do right I not like something it. you do to yourself yeah so she took eight hours at the hair salon in between like her assassination plans she yeah. just had eight hours to get her power braid yeah. but i, I it. liked it no it looked great <laughs> it looked great 
But then we had the, uh, and also when you're talking about this party, how did they get the LARPers to be work there? Right. Like they, they had like all of the LARPers and they're undercover. like, oh, they're all the waiters. And you're like, wait, how did you coordinate that and get this company to hire these people? And they went and got jobs. <laughs> they already had jobs. All right. Did they fill out applications? Who yeah. Who's the hiring manager of all these new waiters? We all, are- and we've all gotten jobs. It doesn't, it, you don't just get hired and start working. Uh, I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Uh, they should have showed them like knock out the real waiters and steal their outfits. That's the only way it would have made sense. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe I just missed it. Maybe. Um, Christmas party. Christmas party. Yeah. Yelena, like I said, is back in here and she's starting to move around and Kate notices her in the building when all these shots are happening and everybody's running around. Um, There's also a part in there where, you know, Kate confronts her mom about what's going on. Her mom's still trying to, hide stuff, even though she's now being called out by Kate. Uh, but I liked the scenes with Yelena and Kate Bishop moving into the elevator. Uh, oh, the was elevator fun. was funny. Yeah, this is like just more of an extension of their scene they had in the previous episode. There's just like this jokey camaraderie, even though they know they're adversaries. Um, man, those two got some chemistry that I really like. Yeah, yeah. Kate trying to push all the buttons on the elevator. <laughs> And Yelena just like slapping her hand away, like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then really uh, when she does it. And then they had that cool fight where they were fighting. They're fighting the across, hallway. Yeah, through the hallways. And they had that nice pan shot that did that. And then even when they got to the end of that fight, it was just like, oh, I liked when you did that swirly thing. Oh, and it was really cool when you did this thing. So it was like you said, the camaraderie yeah. between them is great. Yeah. Her, I think Kate had a thing in there where she was like, stop making me like you yeah yeah elena was like i'm sorry i can't help it like oh man you two you two are good i I like where this is going yeah we're gonna be in trouble yeah and then and but then you know you really can't talk about this episode without talking about jack who went full-on swordsman here and started helping the people get out of the building and he was fencing with the tracksuit mafia and cracking jokes and he became like the most likable dude ever i think secretly jack is like your favorite character new character of the show kind of <laughs> jack was he, good he blackmailed that kid into peeing himself he uh yeah. <laughs> he, he just busted out he just was so jovial in this last episode that you're just like man they really did a lot of damage control because they went the first like five episodes with you going is he the bad guy is he yeah, the bad guy did. and then all of a sudden they come back around and he's just like you peed your pants on god and yeah. <laughs> yeah he just turns out to be a jovial dashing swordsman man yeah uh which great. is surprising because like with his casting and i told you i watch um better call Saul with him and he's like a crazy villain on on that show so him like taking this role and just kind of being like oh hello and he was like hey honey to Kate when he popped out uh it's weird with that casting I didn't expect this kind of role from him so yeah man team Jack I'm with you we like Jack uh but realistically the big thing that we should talk about is we got some kingpin action because Kate while uh Clint is off fighting Yelena and the power braid, Kate gets a one-on-one fight with Kingpin. And that was kind of insane. <laughs> it was. And also it it kind of changed, it makes you think about what's going on with this Kingpin. Did they change him a little bit? Cause like, is he powered up? Is he that's always been my thing with Kingpin, okay? Even in the comic books, he's a he's a man. Yeah. He's just a man. He doesn't have superpowers of any kind. 
but he's just like some huge, big, beefy guy who can just like fight Spider-Man somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's always been a, a thing I've had with Kingpin is like, what can he actually do? What is he capable of? Is he just a crime Lord or is he like super powered? Because, you know, Kate shot him in the chest with an arrow and he just pulled it out. Yeah. He, he just, just like, broke what? it and just kept on coming. He ripped a door yeah. off the hinges. So, I mean, right. Like daredevil Kingpin wouldn't have been able to do that. And it's like, he's knocking her around and like sending her flying across the room. But I mean, it happens in the comic books too. Yeah. Like Kingpin knocks Spider-Man around and, uh, you know, even watch, go watch the into the Spider-Verse, their version of Kingpin. He's a huge fighter. Who's knocking miles around and fighting Spider-Man. So they're kind of, I think they're kind of trying to go that route, but it just has never made 100% sense to me in the comic books that he can do the stuff he can do. So it's a little bit jarring to see, like, I thought he was just a dude in a chair with a nice suit, but he, clearly can uppercut somebody to the moon or something yeah. you know what well I mean? you know and if you look at it like his previous you know the a lot of the heroes that you talked about like you know fighting hawkeye fighting kate fighting even daredevil you know they're really not super powered so him being able to hold his own against them makes sense mm-hmm. it's yeah the spider-man yeah that gets a little question mark questionable just because they do have superpowers and super strengths and a little bit more right. going Spider-Man, for Spider-Man should be able to knock Kingpin through a wall. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but uh, I can buy it to a point fighting Kate Bishop. I liked it. I thought him throwing yeah. her around just made him look like a beast and him ripping doors off. And he came at her hard and I was just like, damn. And I, I enjoyed all of that. But yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little bit jarring. It was, um, but it was fun too. Like you said, this is Kate versus kingpin and then going on at the same time we had maya fighting kazi oh yeah finally. like uh she came roaring back and they got their little thing going and she doesn't want to hurt him but now she knows he's basically the one who set her dad up to die so we got that going on uh she finally does get the better of him and like leaves him to die and rides off into the night uh her we don't know what's going on yeah yeah and so we don't know what's going on with her and at the same time we have a third fight going on after because we kind of even glossed over the whole huge fight that kate and clint have i know i was about to say the trick arrow montage we skipped over (laughs) yeah with uh with them taking on the entire tracksuit mafia with trick arrows i don't know i liked that scene it was a little goofy a little you know a little comic booky but it's comic books i mean hawkeye Clinton Kate couldn't just stand there shooting straight up arrows into dudes and just killing them. You know what I mean? No. They had to have some kind of, you know, you shoot this arrow and smoke comes out and you shoot this arrow and it electrocutes 10 different guys at the same time, kind of ways to incapacitate them without killing them. You know, it's the same way you kind of have to work around Wolverine's claws, unless it's an uh, rated R movie. He has to be able to take this guy out without straight up murdering someone with these giant knife hands you kind of got to do that with Hawkeye too. So I feel like they got creative and kind of kept with the tone of the show. Um, You know, all the times we've seen Hawkeye in, in previous movies, he hasn't gone this heavy into trick arrows. No. So him getting, doing that here was kind of cool to see. And I, and even though it was a little lighthearted, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was fun. It was, like I said, a fun little montage. It was a good way to, really kind of cap off the show with their the two of them fighting together and to doing that so yeah and that and that leads me then i was going to say there's three fights going on at once so at least clint on the ice 
And Natasha, or not, ooh, I said Natasha, she's gone, she's dead. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) that leads us to Yelena finally popping back in to, uh, you know, she's- She's here to kill Clint? She's made it clear that she's here to kill Clint. So now this is what, this is finally their face off for the first time. Um, Clint knows who Yelena is because clearly he's heard of her before from Natasha talking about her. Um, So we kind of get one of these fight scenes where the hero doesn't want to fight who's coming after him. Um, yeah, man. And it's, we start getting a lot of questions answered here. Um, Yelena blames Clint for Natasha's death. And one thing that kind of bothered me is why Clint just didn't come out with right away exactly what happened on that planet with them. He was just kind of talking around it. Meanwhile, she's just beating his ass. You know what I mean? You wouldn't understand. You wouldn't believe me anyway. So what's the point? Right. But just come out and tell her exactly what happened because she, you know, she needs to hear that stuff. And right. I, I liked this fight for, it wasn't so much of a fight, but I liked the way it kind of wrapped up some black widow stuff Yep, in more of a way than the black M- widow movie did yeah. like this episode six of Hawkeye wrapped up black widow story better than black widow. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. It totally did. Yes. Um, it like gave her closure on her ending, which the Black Widow movie didn't do. No. Um, it kind of That's explained... because it was a prequel. Right. It was which is so shouldn't stupid. I mean, yeah. yeah, it it I don't know. I really I liked it a lot. I liked how you know Clint and Yelena kind of had their moment realizing Clint finally convinced her that you know I couldn't stop her no matter what. Like she had in her mind what she was going to do. I wish it was me, but it wasn't. And, you know, she sacrificed herself to not only save me and my family, but the entire world. And, you know, Yelena finally, you know, understands that. And she still has her grief, but she realizes that, you know, she shares that grief with Clint and they share it together. So, yeah, um, she, she actually saw that how much Natasha meant to him. Right. And she was like, he couldn't have killed her. This isn't yes. going to work. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice tie up there. And like I said, gave Black Widow more of a tribute than her own movie. Um, so I wonder if Scarlett Johansson watched this. Do you think she did sat there and like, did she want to see this? No, you no, don't think so. I don't think she did. <laughs> Do you think any of these people watch these things again? I don't know. I Who highly knows? doubt she sat down and watched or had like reason to... to watch Hawkeye. I'd like to imagine she did in my own world that she saw her own character get, um, you know, closed out in the way she should have instead of whatever. But anyway, nice Said little. She's suing them for more money. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But then Yelena walks off and Clint's kind of left there to go clean up the mess. Right. Yep. He goes and cleans up the mess. And then we finish up with uh, Kate Bishop and, kingpin fight where she blows him up yeah with all of the she bombs which away. he survived so yeah we do see him walk away um but then kate comes out and finally confronts her mom uh and saying you know you still killed someone you still killed my uncle no matter what you thought you were trying to do noble like you're still like kind of a bad guy and her mom gets arrested uh do you think we're ever going to see Vera Farminga's Eleanor again, or is that the end of her story? It's probably the end of her story. I don't see a place or a reason for her, but it just depends on what happens with Kate Bishop from here. Like what their plan is for her. Is it 
a show? Is it a movie? What, what, where, where does Hawkeye go moving forward at this point now with this show where we ended? Yeah, we so, don't even know if there's a season two of Hawkeye, you know, there could no, be. No idea if there's a season two, no idea if there's a, like I said, where you would see this character next, if it's going to be in a movie, if it, you know, you just don't know. So it's hard to know. I could see them wanting to bring her back and I'm sure they signed her up to come back a couple of times, but yeah, I don't, as of right now, I don't see a need or a reason to bring her back. Okay. I can buy that. I wouldn't be surprised if she did, but no. I could also see if she didn't, um, you know, she could come back and be Kate's next nemesis or something. Um, we'll have to see. We will have to see, but then we finally get a, we got to wrap up Maya's story also now. Yep. So Kingpin escaped, like you said, getting blown up. And then we see him kind of stumbling around and you can tell he's hurt. Uh, but then a motorcycle pulls up with a light in his eyes and who's on the motorcycle, but Maya, she comes and you can tell now she's got all this rage boiling. Cause finally she knows that Wilson Fisk was behind her father's murder, mm -hmm. wanted him dead. Um, and he's Not trying to talk killed him. Not the guy who killed him, but he was behind it. Um, you know, and then we see the gun in Maya's hand and she raises it. Kingpin's like, wait, family sometimes disagree. Boom! She shoots him in his face or something. The camera uh, didn't know. show it. No, they're not going to show someone getting shot in the face on an MCU show. But it did kind of raise up and we heard the gunshot. So that raises the question. He got shot. Kingpin, man? Yeah, I don't know. I can't yeah. imagine them doing all this just to kill him. Me neither. Um, so I imagine that something's coming from this. Um, yes. But yeah, I don't know. I yeah. can't I, imagine she missed. I mean, she's she's deaf, not blind. So. Right. Right. Especially at like point blank range like yeah. that. Um, now, if they do follow the comic books, something like this has happened in the comics where Maya did do the same thing and like shot Kingpin. And he ended up just being blinded, like mm -hmm. she shot him in the eye or something, and he was blind. Yeah. So I could, they might, if they're going to follow the comics, they might go that route. But bottom line is they're just going to make us wait and find out, you know, when our next Kingpin appearance will be, if at all. But I definitely am with you. I hope that's not the end of him. I hope, you know, they find other things for him to be, whether that's the maya show or maya the echo show coming even though she's not echo yet but she will be um daredevil who knows hopefully yeah, i can't they, imagine you know. them especially with said with debuting charlie cox knowing that he's still there and yeah like i said doing all of this with vincent d'onofrio i can't imagine them just being like let's just shoot him in the face after one episode you know just, yeah it seems like a waste of time um and yeah like you said following the comic book stories there's always a way he'll have an eye patch you know and they'll call it He'll just be big white Nick Fury with his eye patch. There you go. I mean, didn't Sam <laughs> Jackson stop wearing the eye patch? Didn't they give him a robot? Didn't he not wear an eye patch in that? Yeah, show? I don't think he. I don't think he has the eye patch anymore. He took it off, and now it just has like his glassy, glassy eye. Yeah. So someone's got to have the eye patch in this MCU. So might as well be Kingpin. There you go. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then Clint adopts Kate, and they go home. For <laughs> Clint adopts Kate. Clint finally does get home for Christmas. Um, and they That's do what like you guys all wanted to know. You've been sitting here waiting for this yeah. just to know if Clint makes it home for Christmas. Like you joked earlier in our first episode, like that was the theme behind. Can he get home to his family? Well, yes, he can. On Christmas morning, he finally makes it home. 
uh, with a little Thank slow you, Daddy, reveal. You made it. <laughs> yeah, a little slow reveal that he that Kate is with him and Lucky the pizza dog as well. All here for family Christmas. Um, we do get one last little reveal here that the Rolex uh, Clint does get back a hold of the Rolex that they've been referencing to this whole show that him and his wife have been um, trying to retrieve and we never really knew who it belonged to and they do show um, Clint with the Rolex gives it back to his wife and she turns it around and it has the shield symbol on it with the number 19 so we basically find out that you know this is her watch that he retrieved and so that's clearly saying she's an agent of shield or was an agent of shield um agent 19 there's been a lot of internet talk about is she mockingbird is she like the mcu's version of mockingbird uh because agent 19 was a moniker of um mockingbird in the comics so yeah just kind of like get a get a little answers with a little more questions i don't know what do you think about that i mean i didn't really understand any of it so yeah i just kind of was like oh okay that's she's somebody or that's a thing that's leading to something else that they'll tell me later so i, I looked yeah. up little things and i saw the mockingbird kind of things and i was like okay and i know that was a character on agents of shield which i guess isn't canon anymore so right um, they, it gets a little murky they, they there all of that but yeah it just it just kind of goes to it's just saying i guess linda cartellini is going to be a little more involved maybe in the future they, well, it makes sense like how she was, she was kind of the woman in the chair for Clint. You know, she was yeah. translating stuff. She reached out to contacts to get information about something like he was hitting her up for information and for work, basically. So it would make sense that she's involved in S.H.I.E.L.D. in some way, or at least has the connections or used to. And it would make sense of how they even met or know each other or what happened. So True. a lot of that makes sense that she would be involved. Who she is, like I said, the S.H.I.E.L.D., thing is out of my realm of knowledge so i just i'm just along for that ride yeah i i mean i, I know shield in the comics and everything but i kind of fall off with them in the mcu like i know nick fury but i didn't watch the agents of shield show after a few episodes because it was lame but uh <laughs> uh any mention of shield I'm, I'm for it it's fun to kind of connect all these things uh yeah, so yeah that, it is what it was so what do you think overall just thumbs up or thumbs down don Oh, it gets a big thumbs up for me, man. I thought this show was great from, you know, a short and sweet six episodes. Um, it felt like there could have been more, but it also didn't feel like super rushed. It felt just like a nice, nicely paced, well-written show, uh, not too heavy, but, you know, did have its heavy moments in there mixed in too. And, you know, basically the the best stuff to come out of this is, more depth into Hawkeye, Clint Barton, who, as we talked about before, I felt has been underdeveloped and didn't get enough screen time for things. You didn't really get to know him. Um, but he showed in this that character can be funny and touching and kind of lead a project on his own. And it, it introduced us to Kate Bishop, which I think she's a great addition to the MCU. I'm really excited to see what's going to um, come with her character. I thought Haley Steinfeld played the character really well. So um, yeah, man, thumbs up for me. I really liked the show. How about you? Yeah, I really liked it in the end. It had its ups and downs for me where I'm watching it. And it's like, well, this one's a little, a lot goofier than a lot of the other MCU stuff. I mean, MCU has always been known for their humor and for what they've done, but this one seemed more than anything previously that, that came before it. 
So, and then they just seemed like they were always starting so much stuff. And we're sitting there like, well, we got Kingpin and we got Yelena and we got Ronan and we got Jack and we got Eleanor and we got all these characters and all these like red herrings and loose ends. I'm sitting there like, I feel like they got so much and knowing it's only six episodes, I'm sitting there like, this is only six. You guys don't have this much time to do all this. But by the time they hit the end, they really did hit it out of the park and were, were able to close up pretty much everything in a satisfactory way and give all the characters that they introduced and created their own, uh, you know, they did them justice. And then yes. even the Kate Bishop of it, I mean, in these six episodes, you got to see her growth. And by this last episode, when they really became a team and, you know, he became proud of her and you had, they had that heartfelt moment before they went on the uh, trick arrow montage, you were able to just see her growth in these six episodes and really see what she can be and what she's going to become. So it was, it was a really cool way, but watching it episode to episode, I'm like, do I like her? Is this working? Mm -hmm. What's going on? But no, I think they did ended up doing a great job with it when we all came back around. Yeah, man. It took us six episodes to get a new hero in the MCU. We got a second Hawkeye. So that's exciting for the future to see what second, they're going to let her do. Second Hawkeye. And they really solidified the fact that Yelena really is the new black widow. And she got her second opportunity to kind of go out there on her own yes. and show what she can do without Scarlett Johansson or Natasha kind of leading the way. So that was fun to see as well. And I thought, like I said, everybody ended up really getting a lot of, a lot of screen time in the ways that it mattered. And then I thought the action was good compared to some of these other previous shows that we've had. Um, the MCU shows have fluctuated on the action so this one was really cool for that i love the christmas theme and you know we got the best mid-credits scene in in any mcu history when we got a full musical number from the marvel Ooh. avengers musical so that was like a okay. six minute just thing that was amazing entertainment wise yes i was entertained disappointment that it wasn't something with a little more meat to it mid credit scene and post credit scenes are traditionally a way to hype you up for the next thing that's going on. This didn't have that, uh, but it was fun. I liked it. it kind yeah, of I was like, expecting a post. I thought that was the yeah. mid and then I thought we were going to get a post and I fast forwarded and nothing. So, yeah, they could have done something even like, I just was thinking in my mind, like what could they have added to even just that to tie it into the MCU a little more? Like what if they would have panned out to the audience and showed like Loki's watching the, the show or, or Sam and uh, you know, Sam and Bucky are in the audience and just see their reaction. Something, just something a little more to like, give me a little more oomph to it, but it was fun to hear that yeah. song and see them perform it. Yeah, and the full thing. So that was cool. The uh, but yeah, Loki would have been kind of cool. But who was the little Asian dude flipping around? He was supposed to be Ant Man. Was that who he was? Okay, I couldn't. I couldn't tell in the actual. Now that you're yeah. saying it, I do remember an Ant Man being in the first yeah. episode. Well, that was the joke in the first episode. Is them saying like Ant Man wasn't even there yeah. in the Battle of New York, but he really was in the. If you go. <laughs> See, it gets tricky with this uh, Infinity War time stone kind of thing. If you remember in that movie, they rewound it, and now he is in the Battle of New York. 
Mm. So that's what kind of made it like us watching the original Avengers. Of course, Ant-Man wasn't involved yet. He wasn't there. But when they changed things with the time stone, he was there. So now he's in the play because, yeah, now the world thought Ant-Man was in the Battle of New York or something. Uh, Yeah, that was was kind of a that was kind of like a little inside. I was trying really hard to figure out. Yeah, I was like, who is that? Because he had some lines and he was dancing around. He posed with them at the end. And I was like, I had no idea what character that was. So. Yeah, 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 it's funny. That was good. Well, Don, 2021, we're now a couple hours closer to it being over. And for a lot of you listening, well, all of you listening, it is over. So I hope you guys had a happy new year. Happy Don, new let's, year. Let's take this home by really talking about this was the year of the MCU. Ultimately, we talked about Spider Man box office. We talked about we're just now finishing up Hawkeye. Would you say we had five, four movies? Four movies, five Four shows. Four movies, five shows. So MCU really came out strong. They were the only movies that really made any money this year in the theaters. Mm-hmm. We had five shows on Disney+. Plus. So, you know, overall, just, I mean, we've talked about them pretty much all, I think, except for WandaVision on the show. So you guys have heard us, so we don't really need to gush or go too deep into it. But overall, just your impression of the year one of Disney or the MCU on Disney+. Plus. I'm very impressed with what they were able to do over this year, man. Five, I mean, four movies in one year, MCU movie, MCU movies in one year would be impressive enough. But when you throw in, they also did five shows like in a calendar year. That's pretty crazy. Um, I knew they wanted to really go hard with this Disney plus and like use it, but we really didn't know what to expect. You know, when they said there were going to be Marvel TV shows now that are directly connected to the MCU, like, ah, what are they going to do? They're like TV shows don't have the same production value. Don't have the same, whatever, but man, they, you have to have watched these shows now to know what's going on in the movies. Like they are essential in their storytelling to this point. And I, I'm, you know, for the most part, the four live action ones, I really liked. What if we've, we've had our conversations on what if I, I could have lived without that, but you know, each one of the shows, you know, I liked some better than the others, but I thought they were all pretty quality, you know, television. And that's even saying like, you know, I like them because of their MCU, but I also thought they were just good shows. Yeah. They all had good stories and good messages and all that stuff. They did, man. And like, like you said, we started this podcast after WandaVision had already been out. So we didn't have a, you know, a show or time to talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, but I I think I keep thinking back to that show and I think I appreciate it more now than I did watching it. Like thinking about the first few episodes, which were so weird uh, because, you know, they didn't make sense to us, but like when I look back at them now, I just think of them as very innovative in what they did. Like we've never had something like that where, you're watching a show and the first three episodes, man, you don't know what the hell is going on. And then, but it's your questions start getting answered as you're going like, Oh, that makes sense. Like they don't do TV like that. No, that's no one. No one has done that before. And no one has done it since. Um, It's pretty crazy when you think about it. And just like the, the way it tribute, like paid tribute to just classic television. Like I could go back and probably, I'm probably going to go back and watch WandaVision again, I think at some point. Uh, Cause that show was, you know, really great. And, and Falcon winter soldier was more straightforward. Loki we got kind of sci-fi and then we got Hawkeye, just some fun stuff. I had fun with all of them. I think, you know, it was, 
a successful year for MCU television. And I'm excited to see the future, you know, next year, what they have coming. Um, if it's just going to keep getting better and better, because they did in my eyes, they did a great job. Absolutely. It was a great, it was a great year. Like I said, WandaVision started off kind of out there, but it, it came together and turned out to be a great, and I think that seemed to be really the theme for all of these shows is they all kind of had their pacing and you kind of needed to, I, I think I started every one of these things, but it took to about episode three or four before I'm like, okay, I'm invested. I'm always just like, where are you going with this? What's going on? I, they all feel like they started slow and then mm. they always came back around. And then you, by the time you get to the end, you see it and you're like, oh, okay, I see what you, I see what you did there, Marvel. And so you're kind of okay with it. So, I mean, looking back at it, yeah, they all had their highs and lows with it. And, but I think they all did a, a great job telling a story and trying to, you know, obviously WandaVision is going to get picked back up in Dr. Strange two in some way, whether or not now how much WandaVision is influenced in that or not, I don't know yet. You know, is it going to be one of those things where like, you're going to be completely lost or is it going to be just like in that trailer where they were like, I'm not here to talk about Westview. Okay. And that's the last they talk about it. So it depends on where that arc is going from that show, but knowing that that show isn't getting another season, it's like, well, okay, there's, you still have things from that that need to get picked up at somewhere at some time, but then being able to set up and get us the story of Sam doing that. But what do yeah. you got about Wanda? No, I was just going to say, yeah, well, we do know we got an Agatha show oh, coming. That's Agatha true Harkness. So they're going to kind of, which is also from the same showrunner as WandaVision. So that one will probably help carry the WandaVision story along, I would imagine. But yeah. That makes sense. Know. That makes sense. We'll see where, where they go with that. But yeah, being able to go to Falcon and Winter Soldier and do the uh, really take their time in getting Sam the shield, which was really cool. I think them trying to do that in a movie just wouldn't have been the same. And I think that that was a good idea that they had. We're like, hey, let's set up the new Captain America in the show and give it six, seven hours of TV time to actually tell that story. And, you know, I mean, that was two movies worth of content that they stuffed in there. So um, that show had its moments where it wasn't, but you know, what show doesn't. So I thought it was all good. Especially those first two, like, like we've talked about it before, but this was also a year of Marvel. Um, and we'll talk about the movies in our next episode, I think, but this was also them kind of like stepping outside and addressing some different things yes. that they hadn't addressed before. Like, you know, WandaVision dealt very heavily with how you deal with grief of losing mm -hmm. a loved one and being depression and all those things, you know, in, in a comic book way. But, you know, that's what the theme of that show was. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier, like we said, dealt with race and, and the world and um, how we view people uh, in a way that Marvel's never dealt with before, you know. Um, yeah. which was some important TV and, and Loki a little to a lesser extent, but that dealt with some like self-identity stuff. And I don't know, Hawkeye was just a romp and fun. Didn't really the Christmas get, time romp. Didn't get too crazy, but like, you know, even the movies we'll, we'll talk about them later, but those dealt with some new things and helped a lot of, you know, answered a lot of questions like diversity issues that we should be talking about in movies and they dealt with them and, and put the spotlight on some different characters who have, who have never, you know, we never thought in a million years, you know, we'd have a, a movie with a, a, a superhero movie where 99% of the cast is all Asian. You know what I mean? Like Shang-Chi. Yeah, so yeah. If you would have told me there was going to be a Shang-Chi movie ever, I would have been yeah. like, what? 
So when this whole when this whole thing started with an Iron Man movie, we would have yeah. never thought, well, one day we'll get to a Shang Chi movie. You're like, no, we won't. Yeah. But we did. So 2021 brought a lot of good stuff like that. Um, these Disney Plus shows included. So definitely cool, man. It's a good time to be a fan. Yeah, and I'm excited to see where they all pick up now that we're through this year. So then when we get into next year, like you said, Doctor Strange 2 picking up WandaVision. When are we getting that next Captain America appearance? When do we see these characters next? When's Loki season two? Um, where does that tie in with Kang and, you know, uh, He Who Remains and all of that stuff? So a lot of cool stuff that came out of this year from TV. And it really became some of the, it really was the only must watch TV this year outside of squid games, I think was the only other thing that <laughs> yeah. became a phenomenon, right? Anything else this year, TV wise? Uh, not that I can think, not something that like captured the general public's attention in the way that some of these MCU shows did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess squid game. I don't yeah, know. That was the only like... other one that I know everybody watched. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that was culturally in the moment. Did Tiger King happen this year? That was last year. <laughs> Tiger King 2 came out this year, and I don't think anybody cared. I hope nobody cared. I just want that to die. No more Tiger King, please. Well, yeah, but I'm, I I will watch that Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, boy. I will yeah. watch a movie where Nicolas Cage is Joe Exotic. That that will be watched by me. That's still happening, huh? Oh, I have no boy. idea if it's still happening. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it doesn't happen because the moment's passed. Yeah. Any, any point now where you try to bust out Joe Exotic, everyone's going to laugh at you and it's not going to work. So I can't imagine why you would want to do it. But, you know, that's not what we're here to. But that was last year. Yeah, good. Because I'd be OK with never hearing the name Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin again in my entire life. <laughs> Me, too. And that's where we are going to wrap this up. Make sure you check out next week's episode because we are doing our best of 2021. We're going to talk about some of the things that Donald and I have read, watched, viewed, played, whatever, whatever our top things were from 2021. So make sure you hit us up on Twitter at raise the geek. Let us know what some of your favorite things of 2021 are. You might just get them read on the show, or it might even start a whole discussion topic where we figure out why we didn't play watch or do those things or why they didn't make our list. Or if they did, then you're just in the group with us. So awesome. Welcome aboard, but make sure you hit us up on Twitter at raise the geek or shoot us an email, raise the geek at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite things of 2021 are happy new year don happy new year to all of you guys out there hope you had a safe one yeah thanks listeners out there thanks for a good 2021 we're uh glad to keep doing this uh podcast with you guys and uh hope some good bright things come with us on the show in 2022 we're excited hopefully a lot of good stuff comes out we can talk about and uh here's looking forward to it so happy new year everybody happy new year so until next time i'm chris and I'm done. And thanks for listening to the Raise the Geek podcast, where we all speak geek.